0: Friends and introverts, welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, we're going to be talking about true crime. I know I go through phases where I am absolutely obsessed with it. I listen to Crime Junkie podcast, My Favorite Murder, you name it, I've probably listened to it. And then I go through phases where I just don't listen to it at all. But I'm just kind of wondering, like, what the heck that's about? And I originally thought that I was going to watch a true crime documentary and like break it down for you. And I started a couple of them, but I felt like a lot of the documentaries I found kind of glorify the killer instead of talking about the people whose lives that person took. And I think that's like the natural direction to go, but I kind of wanted to just focus more on why we're so obsessed with it. And I'll, I'll give some more of my thoughts about true crime as we go along. But first, as always, we are going to do our customary mental health check. We're going to rate our mental health from 1 to 5. 1 being horrible, 5 being amazing. Today, I am um, probably like a 3.5. And it's not to say like my life isn't amazing right now because it is. And I have some huge, huge news for you guys. Um, so, last week, I think, I talked about how... I am querying my book and, you know, going through the rejection process and all that. And literally, like two days after I recorded that episode, I got a full request on my manuscript. So, one of the agents that I had queried my manuscript with read the query letter, read the samples, like, yes, I'm excited. Please send me your manuscript. I want to read the whole thing. And literally, I didn't know whether I was going to cry or throw up because like that's my first full request. Like I did not know what to do with myself. I ran to my husband's office to tell him. I texted a good friend of mine. I'm just like, (laughs) I don't know what to do with myself. And as soon as I was done like freaking out about it, I obviously sent her the manuscript before I could forget because like talk about a bad first impression, you know what I mean? So that happened, I'm so excited. As I'm recording this, I'm getting ready to actually go out of town for a few weeks. I'm going to my tennis camp. I'm driving there by myself. And then after that, my husband and I are going to Hawaii. I'm I'm really excited for a vacation, like just the two of us just spend some good quality time together doing some really cool stuff in one of our favorite places on earth. So overall, honestly, life is amazing right now. I'm just going through a period of being like really burnt out, I think and really unmotivated, and I'm just very, very tired all day, and I'm not sick or anything. I do have allergies constantly, so if you're like, why are you always congested? It's the allergies. I love it for me, Um. so yeah, there's that, but I'm just like tired, you know, like bodily tired, and I'm not sleepy. Like, I don't just need to go take a nap. Just, I'm just so tired, so I need to kind of figure out what that's about. Maybe I'll be rejuvenated or whatever after the tennis camp or after Hawaii, and that's what I'm hoping for. But you know what, we'll get through it. It's all goodness. I also want you to take this time to kind of reflect on how you're feeling, rating your mental health between one to five. And don't forget to think about the things in your life that are amazing. When I'm going through a really hard period, it is very easy to focus on all the things that I don't have. And, like, that's just not the really full picture of what my life looks like. Like, overall, my life is amazing, so what is my problem, you know? And I just think that thinking of everything and giving yourself a true full picture of your life and really taking inventory of everything and even just talking about or thinking about the things that you're grateful for can be an instant mental health boost. So, while you're rating your mental health, think about that, too. Think about good things, bad things, everything. While you're thinking about that, let's talk about our book, TV show, or movie of the week. It is going to be a book this week. I finished Kaikei by Vaishnavi Patel. It was amazing. It was amazing, okay? And I think this was a debut book by this author, and I honestly can't get enough. I gave, a, like, a brief synopsis in last week's episode, so if you want that, go ahead and listen to that. Um, But I'm just going to give you my overall thoughts right now. My overall thoughts are, please, for the love of God, read this book. It's so good. And it has honestly, dramatically changed how I think about relationships. So, the magic in this book has to do with relationships, at least with this main character. And she is able to literally visualize what a relationship looks like, like as a thread from her to somebody else. And depending on what their relationship is, it is a different color, it's a different material, it's different thickness, that kind of thing. So now I kind of visualize all of my relationships as that kind of thread situation. And it's honestly, it's not very often that a book genuinely affects my day-to-day, especially a book that is a fantasy novel. So, if you like fantasy, if you like magic that is very well explained and world building that is very well done, Kaikeyi is the book for you. It's spelled K-A-I-K-E-Y-I. So, order it from somewhere. I promise you, you will not regret it. All right, so with all that behind us, let's jump into true crime. Like, why the heck do we love this? And like I said at the beginning of the episode, I kind of have, like, a weird relationship with true crime in general because I do think that it glorifies the killers more than, I don't know, like, it, it just feels, like, like, almost voyeuristic. Like, we're just dying to, to see these these horrible things and so that made me wonder why do I gravitate toward these serial killer documentaries and just like to be perfectly transparent in high school I definitely did a project on serial killers and I did a pro it was like the different types of serial killers and some were cannibals and some were not and and like their profiles and all that sort of stuff did that make me the weird kid in high school? Mm, Probably. Was I already the weird kid in high school because I was super depressed? Also, probably. So, like, I was weird anyway, but the serial killer thing did not help. But now as I'm older and I, like, I'm I'm driving to this tennis camp thing and I'm thinking about, okay, so I don't want to take one of the vehicles that we have because the one that I would take is very, very brightly colored. And I'm like, I don't want to draw that kind of attention to myself. Like I'm a young woman driving by myself through Texas. Like that does not seem like something I want to do. You know what I mean? So I actually rented a car and I'm going to use that. But that also gives me some different perspective on, I kind of feel a little gross being so interested in true crime because it focuses so much on the killer. Because it's like, oh, well, he did this because of this. Like, he took somebody's life. And we never talk about the victim or very rarely talk about the victim. I will say that the Crime Junkie podcast in particular does a really good job of focusing on the victims as opposed to focusing on the killer. And I really respect that. And I think that kind of as we get older and we're more aware of kind of the danger of being a woman in today's society, I think it helps to kind of know why we're so obsessed with this. So I did some research as I do. I love that I have the internet at my fingertips 24-7. So let's talk about it. So according to the internet, we love true crime because it helps us be prepared or feel prepared women are more drawn to true crime than men and this also makes sense because men are more likely to be perpetrators of violent crime whereas women are more likely to be victims or survivors we as women or femmes or female presenting people or trans women we want to survive so we look to those who haven't to find ways to protect ourselves how many killers have actually been waiting in the back seat of your car I would hazard a guess and say, actually, probably few and far between. However, I check the backseat of my car every time I get in the car. Every time. Especially if, for example, I went to Walmart in the middle of the night or it's late and I'm getting in the car literally anywhere, even at my like tennis courts or something. Is anything likely going to be in the backseat of my car? No, but I kind of just want to be sure. And so, that's, like, one of the examples of things where we feel more prepared because we have watched all of this true crime. I do think that it's kind of like a double-edged sword, though, because if I watch or listen to so much true crime or too much true crime, um, I am petrified of being a person and I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. Everything is out to get me and everyone is a killer in disguise. And is that the truth? No. But that's how I feel because that is the content that I am consuming at that time. So, while it helps me feel prepared, it also can be kind of harmful. Another reason we love true crime is because it is fascinating. And I have to agree. I don't know what causes a person to kill another person and not just like crime of passion kind of thing like I can almost understand that you know but like a serial killer like you are stalking people like a predator like what what is that what is that and I think that's also what drove me to do that project in high school because this is so fascinating to me in the way that like a train wreck is fascinating, or like if there's a car accident, everyone slows down to look. It's like, I don't know, I don't understand how anything gets to that point. I don't understand how you are stalking people and killing them, how you are going into someone's house and killing them or like dismembering someone, like what the heck is going on, right? So it's fascinating. And not just to me okay (laughs) not just to me lots and lots of people we love true crime because we like to be scared but we like to be scared in a controlled way it's exciting but it's not real it's kind of like a roller coaster but like real life it also allows you to like experience these difficult emotions like fear in a safe way Therefore, giving you the cathartic feeling like you've actually gone through it and made it out, even though you haven't actually gone through anything like you've been on your couch or walking your dog or whatever and listening to something or watching something. But it feels like you've gone through something. I agree. I love horror movies, I love roller coasters, I love the adrenaline. I like to be scared but also like I hate surprises so I don't know what that's about that's probably like trauma or something but uh yeah love to be scared and so that probably it probably contributes to my true crime obsession and finally we love true crime because it's comforting especially if the bad guy gets caught in the end If the bad guy, if the serial killer, if the stalker or attacker or whatever gets caught and is punished, then we can have faith in our justice system that the people who do these things are going to be caught and we are going to be safe. However, in all honesty, I feel like I have very little faith in the justice system or in police and true crime doesn't really help that for me a lot of times it feels like and like this is just my opinion i'm not trying to rag on anybody ever okay but in true crime stories a lot of times it comes across like law enforcement just wants to pin a crime on someone versus actually finding out what happened and who committed the crime We all saw this, if you watched the Netflix documentary, um, I think it's called Making a Murderer. I watched the first season, I believe, and there was a scene where this young boy, he's, I think he's 16, and he's being questioned by the police, and they're leading him in this direction of you did this, you did this, you did this, versus asking a question, versus trying to collect evidence And we've all seen a case where evidence was planted instead of like actually looking for the evidence. So for me, I feel like it's a double edged sword because I do want the person who is killing people, who is stalking people, whatever, to be caught, right? I want them to not do that anymore. However, I don't know that the way that we kind of go about it right now is the best way because it seems like the pressure is on law enforcement to find somebody and the public wants you to find somebody. So instead of like going through the right avenues, law enforcement is kind of like, well, we have to give them something. We have to show them something. And I don't think that that's an appropriate response. I also feel like our prison system is kind of messed up. And since we're talking about true crime, I'll talk about it anyway. Um, I can only speak for the United States and I'm not hyper-educated on the prison system. But I do feel like our prisons are designed to punish and not to reform. So we're, we're just like putting people away until what? Until they get released or until they die And if I'm not prepping someone to be released back into the world, what is, what's going to happen there? And this, we saw this in The Shawshank Redemption. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil the ending or part of the ending because, like, it's from the 90s. You should have seen it already. It's very good. Go watch it. Um, but someone is released from prison and they end up actually ending their own life because they don't know how to exist outside of prison. So if someone commits a violent crime and they're sentenced to, I don't know, like 20 to 30 years and they're in a prison that is not reforming them, that is not teaching them different ways of handling whatever emotion or whatever circumstance landed them in that position in the first place. It's not teaching them any life skills or anything. And then they're just like, okay, you're free. And what? You get your clothes back that you came in wearing. And what? Now I just have to like go figure it out? Like what? (laughs) What is happening here? So while I think that true crime is fascinating, truly, truly fascinating, And while I feel that it does help me as a woman in our society feel more prepared for protecting myself, I think that it's important for us to think past the crime at some point because, okay, they've committed the crime, they've been caught for the crime, now what? Right? Should we not be looking forward instead of, this is the solution right now but it's not really a solution. It's more like a band-aid, you know? I'm gonna put this person behind bars and then what? What happens when they get out of prison? So, I, I don't know. I think I have to do some more research on our prison system to have a full educated conversation on this, but those are just my initial thoughts. It's something that I think about when I think about true crime now. When I was younger, it was just fascination. Now that I'm older it's fascination and a little bit of something else that I'm not sure how to describe. Maybe disappointment in how we handle violent crimes. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you do. Maybe you love true crime. Maybe it does give you faith in our justice system. Maybe it just fascinates you, helps you feel prepared. I don't know. But true crime is something that is fascinating to a lot of people. And I'd I'd love to have a conversation about it actually. So when I post on the Instagram the little picture for this episode, I'd love to hear your thoughts on true crime. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you listen religiously? What are your favorite podcasts, shows? Like what do you like? And are you like me? And like you feel kind of conflicted about liking it. Anywho, <laughs> on that note, we are about at the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, I would be very, very grateful if you left a rating and/or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also subscribe to the show on both of those platforms to get notifications when a new episode is released. You can also follow the podcast Instagram at yoursoquietpod. Y o u r e soquietpod. I post a couple times a week. I almost always have a story up and I love talking to the listeners. So if you want to chat, I am almost always there. (laughs) That is all for now, guys. I will see y'all next week. Okay. Love you. Bye.